Beer Podcast. Here we are once again. It's Tuesday. We're doing, we're doing it, guys. Anyway, that was uh, the episode for today. Thanks for listening. <laughs> you want to be? Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, there was an exhale, a well in there. <sighs> well. Wow. Here it is again. (laughs) You know, that kind of would be a great idea for an episode when we're tired because it is, that is very funny just to go, all right, that's it, everybody, after just saying hi. Because people would laugh really hard at that. Plus, bonus, you don't have to do it, right, Wit? Totally. Great. Wit, I was going to. It's a show, though, Wit. It's supposed to be a show. Could you imagine if Conan O'Brien walked out? It was like, hey, all right, all right. Let's just read these jokes off the cue card. <laughs> I would not blame him, even though, even though all I have to do for this podcast is have a conversation with, you know, a couple of my best friends and Jordan. <laughs> Roasted gerb. We got Jordan Raybold, my brother, uh, your favorite on the podcast, friend of the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. <laughs> oh yeah, man, you stepped into it. And if you go to the Oh Dear YouTube, you can get a good look at what our backgrounds are. <laughs> Jordan had the idea of uh, when Christian logged out because of technical difficulties, we're doing this on Skype, Jordan had the idea of all of us changing our backgrounds to hot guys. <laughs> and you can't see, but Jordan's background is 40 young shirtless yeah. men all looking at camera. And it actually works great because Jordan's background, it literally looks like you're actually in that room. Yeah. <laughs> most photo, most photoshops on Zoom, or Skype or Zoom, they look completely fake. But that one, it's like, where did you get those men, Jordan? You know, you know what's hilarious about this picture is like it's all shirtless dude smiling, but look at the top left corner of that one dude just he's sort of looking away. <laughs> <laughs> like he's like, Well, if I'm not in the front <laughs> well, he, he's the first one who saw the cage in the back. <laughs> he's like, Is that way? Is that what's next? We gotta go in the cage? They said forty bucks and free pizza. I don't what they never said a cage. Yeah, how mad would you be if you got invited to take this photo and they asked you to be in the back? <laughs> they start, they start I mean, moving huge strategically. Like, like, no, no, you got six. Yeah, all right. They're like, you're not a hot enough guy. That's realistic for me. They kind of would just need a body to be like, oh, my God, they got 40 hot guys. Really, there's like six hot guys and then like 20 fillers. You know what I mean? I, I like the story. Go ahead, Christian. No, real quick. It's just so funny. I like that they put one black guy, like, sort of in the front to be like, well, we can't be racist. I mean, it's mostly white guys. <laughs> That's like at political rallies, though. They always make sure they got, oh, thank God we have a black guy behind us. <laughs> anyway, sorry. What were you going to say? What? No, it just reminded me of a story Jim Norton told about uh, on Lucky Louie. There is this extra who kept trying to get in the background of shots. So Louie would like say, okay, we need you to stand to the left. All right, go right, go right, until he was exactly out of frame. And you go, all right, action. <laughs> he just purposely cut out a guy in the background. <laughs> that's that's how we got to get you guys to help with our sketches. Just like, oh, dude, you might help him with the sketch. And then you get there and we just go, all right, a little, little left, a little left. <laughs> but can you hold a boom mic? <laughs> Chris, you help. Sorry. Is one of your acting highlights, Christian, 
uh, as an actor when you and I kissed in oh, one yeah. of the Little Brother sketches? Yes. Brett how, many has... times, how many times have we had you kiss a guy in a sketch? I think just that one. I, I well, don't know. I, I feel like every time we get you involved, we're like, all right, Christian, we got a character. He kisses a guy. <laughs> Well, I remember that shoot was interesting because the director was like, no, we got it. And uh, Jordan was pretty insistent that we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> like the director was like, oh, no, that, that's great. And Jordan was like, yeah, but we need 10 more for safety. You got to get safety on this. Uh, yeah, uh, that was fun. Your girlfriend was in the other room. And I was like, the whole time I was like, hey, D, Brett's a shit kisser. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "How do you kiss these wet lips?" He came in. He came in hot. You don't like my supple wet lips. I mean, not. You know, I prefer a nice dry gravelly. <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm gonna be kissing guys, I want. I want to feel some uh, some fucking grit. Feel like you're kissing a man. You know, yeah. you need more some bitch, like lips. bitch ass. That's true. My white collar lips. Yeah. You need a smooch, Whitmer. Some... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I bet you Riggs got some fucking gravelly, now long trucker lips. I got this beard going. You know what's funny about that sketch is you guys, you guys were like, "Hey, do you want to be in a sketch?" And I was like, "Yeah, that's fine." <laughs> and then you sent it to me, and I read it, and I was like, "Ugh, fine." <laughs> I was just like, Ugh, "All right." It was less of a sketch and more of a friendship tester, like Brian. <laughs> yeah. How good was, a friend. It was one of those, sorry, it was like one of those things where I get to set, and then as I'm about to kiss, you go, wait, stop. <laughs> <laughs> this is the test, Christian. You passed. <laughs> it's like how God was like, you got to kill your son. Yeah. And then he's about to do it, and he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Apparently, like, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck did that with the script of Good Will Hunting. Oh, right. Like, they kept getting asked to rewrite stuff, and they didn't know if they were actually reading the rewrite. So they just put in a scene where, like, a guy was just blowing Matt Damon's character, and they just sent the script in and <laughs> to see if they even noticed. <laughs> you know, if that... Did they? I don't know the rest of the story. Har if, 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 yeah, I should. Apparently, if I'm gonna mention it. <laughs> apparently, Harvey Weinstein was the only person that noticed it, and he's the only one that commented on it. Of all the people they sent it to, <laughs> and of Is course, he's the one who. Yeah, look, that's why they sold it to. Great him. producer. Say what you will about Harvey Weinstein, but he was a fantastic producer. <laughs> but I'm always like, what is producing? Because I'm always just like, isn't that just having money? And yeah, it's sending emails, I think. It's having money and sending emails. Well, it's like, a lot of it's a lot of rape too. I mean, that's, <laughs> oh my god, that's a big part of it. I mean, don't act like it's easy. How do you break into this business? <laughs> <laughs> I feel um, like the good ones are just like they get a script. They go, "Oh, the script's good." You know who'd be good to direct the script? David Fincher. Oh, you know who'd be good to act in it? Fucking Leonardo DiCaprio. And then they just put them all together. And then that's it's the like, job. It's and funny because it's a great job. Done. Way to combine like two of the most talented people. It's like when there's like yeah. talent scouts for sports. 
<laughs> that selecto I called that guy was going to be good. Oh, yeah, the guy who dropped 48 points. I know, really. Yeah, be a star. Good call on catching LeBron James on his. I assist. knew it, dude. I watched his high school games. He, he, I, I just have an eye for those things. <laughs> yeah. You know, I can just see it. Yeah, a talent yeah. scout would be like taking somebody who's playing like fucking street ball and be like, that guy's going to be LeBron James. That's talent scout. Not that would be impressive. The dude who's already scoring 96 points. Yeah, I remember reading a thing about uh, the guy, the talent scout who first selected Messi, and I, I just, it's like, it's such not a, you're like, I, you're just as right place, right time as a guy who won the lottery. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think, I think even like Whitmer, you don't really watch soccer or know a ton about it. I think on a field, if I told you the basic parameter of soccer was to score goals, and you watched one guy do that four times and no one else did it once, you would probably be able to go, I think that's probably the best player. <laughs> Most likely, yeah. It, it's tricky, though, with like sports because it depends on like the competition. Like There's been a lot of players who dominated college or high school, and then all of a sudden they go to the NBA and like they just bust out and don't do anything because their game didn't translate to the next level. So like some, they're not all LeBron James and Messi. There's a lot of ones that are like, oh, this guy seems to be good, but no one really knows. I mean, Michael Jordan got drafted third. So, you know, it's not exactly the most obvious thing, but I know what you mean. Yeah, Jordan, you knew, uh, you played with people. Sure. Tell me what it was like playing with some. Did you ever have those players who were like lights out against shitty teams, but as soon as you play a pretty good oh, team, yeah. they become well, a terrible. That's more in like high. I feel like that's more in high school. Is you'd always have like one guy in your team who scores like two hat tricks against like the worst team in the league, and then you you go to like actually play against real competition. And they can't do anything. But it's also like they have these combines where like they look great in gym shorts and they run fast and people are like, oh, let's let's draft them. It's like, well, can he play at all? Like, there's a lot of people who can just look ripped and run fast. That doesn't mean they're gonna be good. <laughs> like, there's a lot of skill involved. Rick, have you ever thought about entering yourself in the NFL draft and getting in the combine? <laughs> no, you have to be invited to the combine. They should invite you. Like one guy like you, I, I know it's a common joke premise, but I really think, because just to provide some scale on the talent and athleticism, it's really, because it'll be like some guy runs like a four six, and they're like, ooh, poor showing out there. And you're like, like a four six forty is like that's crazy, and like I just want to see someone just run like a you know a regular guy run a six zero. <laughs> but didn't Kaepernick do his own combo? A combine combo. <laughs> That's how God. much I know about sports. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, he did, but he kind of like he refused to do it he screwed at himself. the NFL, right? Because he, he thought they were going to like sabotage it. So then he went and wanted to do it at a high school. Yeah. Is this right, Rig? Yeah, he's like an idiot. Like, he basically like agreed to Neil do this Neil during workout. Anthem. It's like, For what? Black civil rights? It's like, come God. on, dude. Stand and pledge allegiance to the flag for some reason before a sports game that has nothing to do with the nation. For, yeah, a vague idea yeah. of patriotism. Yeah, so, yeah. So how is, but guy, yeah. Just to fill in the story, like, the guy perceived to be blackballed by the league, and it definitely looks that way. Um, then the league is like, all right, we'll, we'll put together a formal workout for you, and we'll invite 
all the scouts, coaches, anybody who wants to come to it. And there was a little bit of an invitation because it's one of those things where they didn't give a lot of people a lot of time. And plus, like, it was in the middle of the football season, so no coaches could really go. They had games to play for. But every team could have sent combine, a scout. I like that they're like, all right, your combine is uh, it's on February 22nd, Super Bowl Sunday. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's almost like that. I mean, they put it, I think it was on like a Sunday or a Saturday too, like or Saturday before a game. So anyway, basically like teams could still send scouts if they wanted to, but then at the last second, he decided that the NFL was going to sabotage him. So he just switched locations and put on a, a workout at a high school to in front of nobody who even knew it was happening. And How are they going to sabotage him? Are they going to like roll some marbles right when he started his 40-yard yeah, dash I mean. or something? Like, I don't like, understand that you, sabotage aspect. Everybody thinks that you're not committed and you're a head case, and then you do that. Like, I'm sorry that if you're being blackballed by the league, but you don't help your cause by acting that way. Everybody's going to be like, "What? The, what is this guy's a psycho? What is he doing?" I do, do you think. Go ahead, Brett. So, no, I do think he is right in that it's like understandable to be conspiratorial like they're somehow are gonna set me up i just don't know what they could have done to set him up other than like you know they give him this um this this combine so to speak but then they uh have no intention to move forward with him at all even if he threw perfect direct you know target bullseye passes ran a four four forty you know, did all that. I can understand him feeling like they might end up doing that, but I mean, he has been blackballed. He's not in the league. Michael, and he's probably yeah. good enough to be a backup, but you also go, do you want a backup to have any controversy? NFL is like the least fun league on earth. They make a sport into like office work as much yeah. as they can. Dude. Yeah, dude. NFL no this... celebrations. Like why, why did people dancing? Remember, I mean, they've kind of loosened it up. The uh, receiver he dances. It was like fun, and the NFL was like, "This is just not sportsmanlike." What? Yeah, it's just a it, boner league. It's a boner league that all. This is why football can kind of suck, in my opinion. I do can enjoy watching it, but this is why it can suck. It's all rules. It's literally so all much legal language. It's just legalese enacted with enormous men and but it's just constantly going and eh, eh, you can't do that. Like there are more flags in football than there are more penalty calls flags in my background. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Oh dear. <laughs> and I, you know, just I couldn't resist it. I'm sorry. <laughs> But there quite literally is more whistles than uh, plays in a game of football because there's one whistle every play, and then there could be an additional whistle or two depending on what happens in that play. So it's like, to me, it's a very unfluid game. Wit, comment on it because I know you're the biggest football fan here. He's about to quit the podcast. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, it's a. I mean, no one likes to see a game where there's a lot of flags. I mean, that's 100% true, but, like, the stop-start nature – of the league has been, I mean, it's just a pacing that everybody's accustomed to. I mean, it's the most watched sport. Like it destroys every other sport. So I think you're yeah. probably in the minority <clears throat> there, but 
they they do recognize that pacing is an issue because they have done so much in the last like 15 years to speed the game up like the game is faster than it's ever been like they don't even huddle anymore they just you know like it's all like on the fly almost like they have everything planned out so i know what you mean it's definitely like the most i mean it's like the nfl is the most like regulated big business thing there is but it's also kind of what's good about it because like when there's a bad rule in the books they change it the next year like there's a lot of intervention but they they kind of weed out bad shit whereas like some leagues are playing with like trash rules for like 10 years before they fix them so mm. i don't know it, it that's an interesting argument or that's an interesting thought that like they're like football is willing to just change rules on like a yearly basis where like soccer I know took the longest time to institute the um, goal line uh, like the goal line camera or sensor Mm -hmm. that can just tell you when a ball crossed it because there were many high profile instances where a ball crossed it then bounced out or it crossed it and then the keeper you know parried it out and there were some like high profile instances where it actually ended up screwing a team in the World Cup or Champions League, like the two biggest tournaments. It's just so stupid it took them that long to do. They it's really it's like an insane you should just know if it's a goal or not a goal, and that is it. But I will what? say my favorite part of a football game is when those refs, you know, when they go to the hood and they start replaying and they have to get out the rule book. I just love pulling out my own rule book. <laughs> just being like, oh. I'm playing at home. <laughs> what's going to be the ruling? I love feeling like a lawyer when I'm watching a sport. You know what I mean? That's my favorite part. Do they sell the NFL? They should just have. Like, do they, they sell what? Like, do they sell the NFL rule book? Like, you can buy it as a textbook and then, like. It's like the Warren Commission. People are just going through the book. Like, uh, yeah. Looking for yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't think they sell it. It's probably online somewhere. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. You can download a PDF of the NFL rulebook, and it gives you all the don't changes do it, do it. from 20 Don't do it. It's going to fill up your memory, Christian. It's going to take all the memory <laughs> of your computer. It is 92 pages. 92 like, pages. I think, I think soccer and football or, or soccer and baseball are the two sports that are, like, just very, like, traditional and tradition-based and I think that whenever you get up your ass about tradition, it always keeps things from changing quickly. Because people are like, oh, you're going to ruin the integrity of the game if you do that. And that's why nobody watches baseball anymore. It's like the ratings plummet every year because it's like you need to change to adapt with the times. Like, you have to be more entertaining. Well, what would you do to fix baseball? I would do – you First know how all- like – I would make baseball football. That's what I would do to fix baseball. (laughs) (laughs) Is I would make it football. Here's something you could do to baseball. Every sport, the best players have the ball the most. Like in football, Patrick Mahomes touches the ball every play. In basketball, like the best players dominate the ball, shoot the most. In baseball, everybody gets the same amount of at bats. It's like so stupid that why don't they just have at the beginning of every inning. They just put out whatever lineup they want to put out, and you like, and you can only hit once per inning unless you go through the entire cycle. So you couldn't like, if you're the best player, you couldn't like strike out and then go up to the next. Like you're only allowed to go up once at one inning, but unless your team goes through the whole batting order, then you can go up. So I just think if you put the best players up every inning you would get more at bats from the best players and it would be more interesting. But like some, so many times like you're tuning into a baseball game, we're like, that's oh, the bottom of the sixth inning. And we have three guys up who suck at hitting. And then it's just a 
fucking waste of everybody's time. If that was the rule, I would have got no playing time at baseball during grade school. <laughs> well, hear me out, though. You could, but you would have gotten could, a ring. You could, actually. You could have gotten... You could be in the field, though. You could be in the field. You could play... If you're a great shortstop and you sh- suck at hitting, then, then you have value. You're a shortstop. You just don't get the bat very often. I think that's fair. Well, team with it, that'd be an interesting... I mean, that would really change the way you'd structure a team, too. Because then you would really, if you were like a top, like, 15 hitter in the league, you'd be getting paid so much more if you didn't have to even go out in the field at all. Or if if they could just let you, your hitting would be so much more valuable then. So we would really, in that baseball league, we would only see, like, 100 people at bat. Maybe, but I think that you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised how many innings go longer than you would think, and other people would have to still have at-bats. And plus, if you're on a team, you can't just be a hitter. You have to play the field, too, because there's only a certain amount of slots. So, like, I would get rid of the designated hitter if this was the case and just get rid of that stupid rule anyway. And um, you'd have to play the field to be on the team. I still think my idea of making baseball football is the best (laughs) fix for baseball. That sport sucks, and the only sport that sucks more than baseball is golf. Really just <laughs> ruining a nice park with holes in the ground. <laughs> it is unwatchable, unbearable. I have no – anyone that's like, I like turning golf on Sundays. No, you like not having a, to go to work, and you like taking naps. I, too, <laughs> like the, the peaceful sound of birds around me We uh, and taking a nap with a guy quietly whispering in my ear. We drove to uh, North Carolina with uh, for to visit Natasha's parents. And uh, for Memorial Day, so Natasha's uh, dad took us all to play golf. And I, as we all know, I'm a terrible athlete. And here's why. Here's why golf. That's like the sport you can't just casually pick up, though, dude. I know, but here's why. Casual sport. Here's why golf sucks, because I'm the worst athlete. I'm not good, and this is my second time playing, maybe ever, and I dominated. (laughs) (laughs) I was incredible. I was so good. Like they gave, they were like, "Oh, just hold it like this." I was like, "Hold it like this." They're like, "Hold it like this," and just lock, like hold this arm, make this sure your left arm is straight, and fucking just hit and look at the ball. And I did that, and I fucking got on the green every time. Like it's (laughs) the game sucks. I was like. I was making great shots, and like everybody's like, "Oh!" and I'm like, "This game blows!" Like, fucking. <laughs> what if you discovered that you're at, you're like basically a professional level golf athlete? I was and thinking, you hate I, it, but yeah, you're trapped playing exactly. this sport every weekend. Like, what if Tiger Woods hated golf and just was like completely like doing this the jack off sign after every. <laughs> <laughs> But one one real quick thing, I, I want to go back for a second. Uh, I think I'm going to read this NFL rule book before the season starts and catch up. Um, <laughs> rule number two, and I don't know anything about. All I know is that people hate Roger Goodell. Yeah, I, I'm do. not really sure why, but I guess I'm guessing this is one of the reasons. Rule number number two is the ball must be a Wilson hand selected bearing the signature of the commissioner of the league, Roger Goodell. <laughs> That's rule number two. <laughs> Bearing his signature is what's like so pointless. Did he approve every ball? Does he inspect every ball that gets played with? This the, is so the weird. UC surprise, I mean, the whole deflate gate thing was over yeah. like balls being uh, violated in terms of uh, the rules. There's a lot of rules, man. And to Goodell, <laughs> I'll say this 
Goodell is a uh, Goodell is actually really good at his job, but he's just an unlikable guy, and he's almost like in the position that like I don't know, like Bill Gates is in. It's like whenever you're the CEO of like a you dominant... mean he started the coronavirus? Is that <laughs> it was Roger Goodell and Bill Gates? Yeah, dude, they're all in the same connected. Uh, you're just always gonna be like the man, and you're always gonna be. And when yeah. I when I say the man, I mean like the man. You know what I mean? Like the, everybody guy. hates you. Like you're the face of like the corporate NFL and like all this. And Roger Goodell's definitely made some mistakes, but he's also done incredible things to keep the game going. Uh, but he's never gonna get any credit for it because people hate him so much. I've heard, it's not this... fun to like him. Is yeah, it... It, it's weird. I think Vince McMahon's probably more liked by the fan base of WWE, but he's a just a, a horrific human being, whereas Roger Goodell, he just has, like, a weird face. <laughs> and then they're like, fuck this guy, he sucks! I I think it is, um, Jordan is uh, changing out of the China background. Mm-hmm. I think that, isn't Roger Goodell, like, masterful at the corporatization and money-making aspect of football, but very bad at handling the... You know what I heard, Brett? I heard. He, I think he doesn't handle his public image super well. But I, I mean, I heard the reason he's really good at the money making thing. Like, do you remember that Bud Light commercial? He wrote all of them. Oh yeah, Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell wrote every beer commercial. Yeah, especially would... the end twins one. <laughs> Imagine having sex with twins. It's kind of gross. <laughs> It really is like it really is. I don't said beer commercials at that point in time were at peak culture like relevancy and peak cultural like along with Anchorman they were as they were like as quoted as Adam Sandler movies. Yeah, that's <laughs> fucking crazy that their marketing was as entrenched into people's heads as you know some of the funniest movie quotes. It's crazy that like 15 years after that, there is a huge scandal undercovering all this sexual abuse. <laughs> it's weird. Wait, what? Wait, what happened? Just in general, like it's just like the the in the late 90s, early 2000s, like the attitude towards like sex oh, and yeah. women. Oh and then yeah. Weird, yeah. Weirdly enough, 15 years later, it's like, hey, this is come on. <laughs> yeah. Turns They're out the literally... guy from turns out the guy who ran Girls Gone Wild wasn't on the up and up. Like weird, <laughs> and that yeah, the guy, the guy like, who directed the Anne Twins commercial was a creep. Who, who would have thought? Did you know <laughs> he uh, demanded the kids that the twins kiss longer for the take? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you know, we're actually sisters. He's like, yeah, I don't care, dude. I was, I was actually the director on that, and I, I stand behind my choices. Those were, those were some of the most, you know, well-regarded people. Was the, uh, the girls going wild? Brett, well, what was that beer commercial? Right, you played a Corona beer commercial for me because we were doing a parody thing. Oh, uh, well, what today? The tell tell them about the uh, the intro and they go the red. This one's oh, for the blue. So there's a there's a Bud Light commercial. We're doing for Cumregs. We're doing a parody of all of the coronavirus commercials that every corporation is doing. Where they're, you know, they're all the same. Where it's like, now more than ever. Now more than ever, we're here for you. Like, and we'll yeah. get through this together. Thanks, yeah. Nissan. But um, but I need like, to call Nissan by the way and be like, "What are you guys doing for me?" Yeah, <laughs> I, I would just love to call him up and say, "I just saw your commercial and I just want to thank you." That's just what I needed. <laughs> um, 
I was really concerned about my, not being able to pay the rent, but Nissan, that that commercial put me at ease. Thank you so much. My grandma died of Corona, but if it wasn't for Nissan, I wouldn't have felt like I ever could get hugged again. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Brett, tell them about that commercial. The so but there's one. a funny moment uh, where in the Bud Light commercial where it's really dramatic piano music, like dum dum. It's cinematic orchestra music. That's the name of the band or whatever. Yeah. So and then it has flash up an image of a nurse in her scrubs and she's treating a patient and it says, uh, "This buds for the blues." Oh no! And it fades down. Is that real? And then it fades up, and it fades up. American Red Cross workers in their red vests, you know, unloading pallets, and it says, "This buds for the Reds." And then it fades up. Workers in like kind of hazmat suits, and as you're watching it, you're like, "Are they about to say this buds for the whites?" <laughs> <laughs> Like, I mean, I know. Are you going for the red, white, and blue thing? Because if you are, you can't say it like that. Uh, <laughs> they said this buds for the Warriors, and as they do it, you're like, "Whew! Thank God." <laughs> that reminds me of uh, when, um, like, Brock Lesnar came back to the UFC and he did his fight with Mark Hunt, and uh, afterwards he beat him, and they get him on the mic, and this was like right after. Um, not Trayvon Martin, but it was like one of those, one of those. That's horrible. <laughs> that's, well, that's, that's the sad, that's a parody on America and not you yeah. for the record. Anyway, so uh, a black one person. One of those classic, classic <laughs> police brutality. It was after, I'm still in denial. I don't believe him, but you know. I, it was after me. one of those incidents, but, uh, but uh, Brock Lesnar goes out and he's, he says, he gets on the mic. He's like, listen. Uh, I'm just a white boy from Oklahoma or from Minnesota, and I just think. And there's like a second where he, he's about to say the wrong thing. Like he's like, "We all just need to come together." Like he's like he's so on the verge of saying the wrong. I kind of want to find this video now because it, it it's just so a close. Platitude that has there is nothing there. Because no matter what side of the aisle you're on, you can get away with saying we need to come together. Like yeah. that is. But he that, was so. Political. I just and rally realized. around our police officers. Exactly, like blue lives matter. Blue <laughs> lives matter. Come on, WWE, everybody. He was so close. Like it, I remember it being. I remember watching it live and be like, oh, <laughs> because he was so close to saying like, and you guys just need to settle down. Like <laughs> he, was, oh, uh, <laughs> he was like that. Are out of hand. Exactly. The the like conservative entertainment, or I shouldn't even say conservative entertainment. Entertainment that generally has more conservative of a more conservative fan base. It's kind of interesting because I think liberal entertainment can wear its liberalism on its sleeve, but conservative entertainment has to be a political or entertainment with a conservative fan base has to be a political. Does that make sense? Yeah, oh, yeah, they don't do it as often. You end up having like a Tim Allen show that everyone like cringes at. What God. do you mean? Oh, I just, uh, like it. The I Tim Allen that, show, they made like political jokes about Democrats and liberals. Like Tim Allen would make fun of Obama, basically. Or he would like hate on millennials. Like, yeah. Like, like a kid would be on his iPhone and he would be like, millennials. And you're like, I mean, Tim, you have one too. Stop it. <laughs> 
Yeah, it, yeah basically, it's it, it, but it's not as political as like you know John Oliver or something like that. You know? Oh no, I mean? they kind of take it. Uh, that's a good way to put it. It's like degrees. They kind of like hint at it, but they don't go all in on it. And yeah. it's a kind of entertainment where they go, you know, I just like it because. They just don't get all political on that show. Exactly, and it's like filtered through the lens of like, what's the world coming to these days? Like every joke is like that. Yeah, I mean, have you been on TikTok? What is the world coming to these days? Yeah, I mean, check out the most Leo famous. Wolf. Jesus. Well, I will defend Leo. I will say will the level of commitment he has shown to whatever the hell he's doing is admirable. If no, so, obviously, he's... obviously, people listen to this podcast don't know Leo sings. A lo-fi keyboard song about that's like Corona based in theme, and he puts on a new outfit every time. Yeah, and uh, I'm almost positive there's a person on the other end of the camera with a fucking AK-47 about to kill him <laughs> if he doesn't do it. Like, there's no way he's not a hostage. You mean his this poor is girlfriend? A, just look up Leo. No, I think it's her idea. It has to be. Like, like I don't think. I don't know. Is. I've never met her before, but there's no way Leo just said, "Hey, wouldn't it be great?" If I did this, and then someone else said, "Yeah, that would be great, Leo. You should do that." So I he, just love. I'm defending him. I just like the commitment. He even, and I guarantee you, you're not the only one with those thoughts. I bet you, tons of people are like, "What the fuck is he doing?" But now I'm at the point where it's like this guy. It's like when you do the same repeated joke over again, funny first time maybe, then second, third, fourth, fifth time, everyone's like, "All right." This is really annoying. Yeah. And then the sixth time, you're like, all right, the commitment I commend you on. <laughs> yeah. That you blasted through it. It's yeah. like, do you remember Shvendi one time did his John Randy joke? Yeah. In the same set six times. <laughs> what? Shvendi had a did, it was just a set like at the Lantern or something, but he did his his stupid. So Shvendi was Randy a friend joke. who quit comedy, but she did this joke where. The teacher goes, like, he's going to name his kid John, but he's going to spell it Randy so that when the kid goes in for uh, school and they read their names off, the teacher's going to go, is there a John here? And he goes, yeah, it's pronounced Randy. And it says here John. It's Randy. That's the whole joke. Yeah. yeah. More but it's spelled I, Randy. No, I rushed the timing for the sake of our viewership. Uh, but he did it one time, six times in a row. First time he said it, they laughed. Then times two through five, they were like, what the fuck? He already did this joke. And then the sixth time, it killed because they're like, all right, he really committed to whatever this is. <laughs> what a guy. Mike Schrenderman. That's Leo Wolf, okay? And if there's anyone you want to take your comedy cues from, it's Schrendy. I'll tell you what. Sometimes committing that hard, the audience doesn't ever give you that final payoff. Case <laughs> Come rags. Case in point, I mean, maybe come rags. Uh, you know, Christian's album release celebration show I went on stage wearing a mask. <laughs> By the way, I just want to say I was prescient. I wore a mask yeah. on stage before anyone else did, even before legend Norm MacDonald. So let's get on on the record. But what happened was the audience laughed at me coming out in a mask, and then I pretty much proceeded to wear it for the rest of my set leading to increasing degrees of the audience just being annoyed about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was troubling. The... Brett asked me, because uh, I wasn't uh, going on after him, and Brett was like, do you want to wear it on stage too? It'd be funny. And I almost said yes, but I said no, and I went on. 
And then after the fact, I learned that Brett found the mask on the ground in New York City and used it for the bit because he couldn't buy one because there was none available. I'm like, I'm so fucking glad I didn't put that mask yeah. on. Ugh. I'm healthy as an ox, man. <laughs> <laughs> and look at that. Corona free. Hey, was, can I... No, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, it was a funny set. I will say that. It was a good set. You actually did really well considering you had a mask on the whole time and half of your oh, face was essentially you know, disabled. You know what was a great uh, note about that night? Um, it was awesome. And, uh, I mean, it sucked. But Wit that night got passed at the club. I think, Wit, you had sent your tape in to the booker and, um, you know, they shockingly liked it. But, um, no, that's an easy one. That's lame. No, they liked it. And so they saw you and they were like, oh, let's start giving you spots. But I remember that night. And you told me about it before I went on stage. And it was great. But what was funny to me is you texted the group, like, you know, maybe an hour after the show. Hey, guys, uh, great news. I got past the club. If you had not told me before the show you got passed, and you had told me after <laughs> the show you got passed, and I, you should have just tormented me and made me hate myself for wearing a fucking mask on stage like a jet. <laughs> not just doing a set. Yeah. I was very conscientious of that because I remember texting you guys the next day. It was like, yeah, I got passed, but by the way, I wasn't passed based off of my set. I got passed before the show because they asked me to send in the tape, and um, I, I did that on purpose so no one would be like, Oh fuck! They they didn't pass me. They must think I suck. Yeah, but that shit. You also don't even do that stuff with your friends. Like even if that was the case, I'd be like, great. Now one of my friends has spots there rather than a comedian I don't care about. Say Leo Wolf, for example. So <laughs> next time any of you have a nice thing happen to you in comedy, I'm gonna ask how you got that immediately. <laughs> immediately. <laughs> Uh, Is that hey, what Jordan, he does? How Sorry. You know, how'd you get this podcast? How'd you get on? <laughs> I feel like Jordan invited himself on. <laughs> <laughs> he just booked himself. <laughs> like he hey, found guys, the Skype. I hacked link. Into Skype. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't invite him, guys. I don't know how Jordan. <laughs> I don't know. How I got this link. Well, I popped up, and Whitmer was like, "Oh, hey, what are you doing here?" I wasn't talking about you. <laughs> Um, Yo, Chrissy, how bad has wrestling been since there's no live audience? Uh, pretty terrible. But one thing real quick. I just found this Brock Lesnar review. I wish I could play it over the thing. But he goes, the first thing he says is, and this is why you think it's going to be bad. He goes, first of all, I just want to give a shout out to the men and women in uniform <laughs> protecting this country. <laughs> he goes, oh, no. and then he goes, from one white boy to, and he pauses and you go, uh-oh. <laughs> he goes, to all nationalities, we got to stick together. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> you, you nailed the landing, my friend. <laughs> but that was, especially a person who's just been through a fight, you know he's not <laughs> in the right mindset. Hey, Brock Lesnar. I mean, you're not really, you don't really want yeah. Brock Lesnar to start getting political. I can't fathom. Yeah. But his all, political thoughts are Also, hilarious. though, like, if Hey, guys, I'll be right back, okay? Yeah. Oh, yeah. thank God. But also, if he says, I don't think anybody takes, like, writes an opinion piece on anybody who could beat the shit out of them. Like, no one's ever <laughs> going to write an opinion. Like, you never see, like, um, they would never write an opinion piece about Kimbo Slice. You know what I mean? Like, if he said yeah. <laughs> yeah, faggot yeah, or yeah. something like that. Yeah, the that is true. Uh, Jordan, you... Uh, um, 
That is a great point that you can't really cancel someone who just beats the shit out of people for a living. <laughs> like, really? We need to cancel Mike Tyson. Yeah, um, I can't believe you know who got canceled today, Jimmy Fallon. Really? He wore a blackface 20 years ago. No, he didn't. And yes, I mean no, he he did. Wow. He did an invitation at Chris Rock. Oh man. No. Is this new? Wow. Oh, oh dear. It was an SNL sketch from 20 years ago. But he did it on yeah. TV. That's not like <laughs> I don't. It's I, annoying because people apply this like modern lens of like, all right, we definitely shouldn't or can't do that to the past. But it's like that was on national television and wasn't a story, so we were all okay with it at the time. Clearly, it was on the most. But they took it down. They took it down. NBC took it down to where off of their uh, – like if you went to NBC and tried to watch classic SNL episodes, that part, they just – for some, it just went on air. It just went to black like the screen uh, did, not Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy and Fallon uh, apologized for doing blackface on SNL. That's amazing. What do you mean on their YouTube? Yeah, yeah. Post for their old sketches or like on a full episode <laughs> if you went to oh, Hulu. If you found that episode and you went to watch it on NBC.com, it would just go to a black screen after the intro. If here comes Chris, they do like uh, it's Regis Philbin talking to Chris Rock, and Chris. Then the bit is that Jimmy Fallon was playing. If Chris Rock was like hypothetically, if he was hosting Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, he would only ask people, only ask. You're cutting out. You're, cut, you're cutting out a little, Jerry. They were Same not. Hey, you're breaking up, Jordan. I'm gonna interrupt. It's really, you just. Um. I went to the bathroom, and I gotta say, you guys—it took you no time to get to blackface. <laughs> I come back, and you're like, "Yeah, blackface." I'm like, "Shit, where was that?" It's just weird that they cut it out of the past. They cut it out. NBC cut it out because they knew it existed, and then someone else dug it up somehow. I don't know because these people are psychos. I mean, it's not cool, but it's also like. It's not, not cool now. Back then, yeah. it clearly was to a degree. Like, they wouldn't have done it back then on a national news show if it was taboo. Like, they're, yeah. and I'm not saying it was, it's not bad to have done because it can show that our society was way less understanding of shit. But it, you know, there is a difference between doing it on a national comedy show where he knew 10 million people are watching. Maybe we as a society and himself didn't have the pause to think about what it means. But also, dare I say, was it a good pre impression? And dare I say, was it kind of tasteful blackface? Like, <laughs> no, sincerely, like, was it done? Like, the intent is clearly for comedy. He's doing yeah. an impression. I'm not saying it's okay. Don't wear it, but also it's not like it's just like just because he did it doesn't mean it's bad. You could find you could dig up an old audio tape somehow. If someone recorded my English class of me saying the N word because we were talking about Huck Finn, like, does context have no fucking anything at all? Yeah, it was a, it was an all right image. It wasn't. I mean, I watched it. That's eh, an okay sketch. It's just an SNL sketch. They just do so many sketches, and people kind of don't realize that that like they all just end up on the pile. And that was kind of back when SNL would it would air, and then it was over, and it, that was it. 
Yeah, but it wasn't like, like now, okay, now, now it goes online. Now, like everybody, like this is the it's just the progression of society. Like as now that Bo and Yang is on SNL and almost every sketch he's in, he's doing Asian face. He's I just know. Doing the, it's like literally every character Bone Yang or you every impression Bone Yang for us just, so that we can get an idea of what Asian face is. He's just doing a, a exaggerated stereotypical Asian voice for all of his characters. So it's like SNL is like we need an Asian person so he can get away with doing Asian jokes is almost yeah. that's what it seems like. So like I guarantee you in like 10 years people are going to look back at that and be embarrassed about it. It's just a progression of society and like when you look back at whatever year that was like 2004 with it's the 2000. lens of 2000 with the lens of today it's all you can it's always gonna look you know you're gonna judge it through the lens of today back then it's always gonna seem weird because we have a different standard for everything now that's so I mean, crazy it, because it was on a national tv show like lauren michaels approved it the all the writers said fine and it dude, went on air the, like they put they put the makeup on him. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> they like, budgeted for makeup. Yeah, By the way, so when uh, going back for a second, when Brett used the N word when he was talking, <laughs> when he was saying he used the N word in twelfth uh, grade about Huck Finn, he meant he used it like, "Oh, this book's for niggers." <laughs> <laughs> I just want to clarify that was my joke. Jordan Rainbolt made that joke. That was not the person of color making that joke. Uh, no, yeah, that is a direct quote, Christian. Thank you for clearing that up for people. I just want to make you know sure what, people know. You know what clip I love that has made the rounds is a clip of it's on some news show, and there's a I don't know the black actor's name, but there's a black actor, and somehow they're having a discussion on why white people can't say the n word, and the the host of the show who's just like. You know, the classic white anchor person is like, so why? Yeah, why I you you hear it in rap music all the time. Why can't I say the N word? And then the black actor goes, so say it. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, no, no. But like, why can't he goes, you can say it. Just say it. Go ahead. I'll say it with you. (laughs) He literally does that. It's so funny. And and like just really deflates the guy's argument because it's like is you it, can say it, dude. Is it it's Samuel just, L? It's not Samuel L. Jackson. And, uh, uh, it'd be okay. so much better if it was. God, there's a joke there that I can't say. <laughs> that is a yeah. There's a great clip of Ronald Reagan too. I think you know he's talking about Huck Finn. Yeah. And he's just talking about how he liked it, and he goes, "Oh, I always loved reading about the stories of." Huckleberry Finn and his friend Jim. But <laughs> <laughs> he looked side to side and then said, "Yeah, I don't think he did. I think he like you know. Obviously, you have to censor the character's name yeah. if you're a president. Uh, I don't. Um, but I think it's great that they make that they have kids read that book. Well, I mean, it's a it's a window into what the world was like. So. Uh, in the late 1800s, post-Civil War America, are we really supposed to read, like, a sterilized version of, like, oh, this is my friend Jim, he's just as equal as me? No, it's, like, it's about the fact that he wasn't. Like, that's the part, of, that, that's what it's about. I it's, want... so, it's so insulting to, like, to, to take the language and, and, and neuter it to where it's acceptable for today's standards. Like, to, either to just don't read it, you have you either don't read it or don't change it. In my opinion, I don't think that you can just change it. I think that's ridiculous. 
I think, well, I think uh, historians have said that uh, Mark Twain, uh, apparently he, after the fact, was like, oh, Huck, Huck Finn's actually gay, and uh, Jim, <laughs> Jim is transgender. So, yeah. Well, the crazy that, thing is, like, J.K. Rowling stole it. That's yeah. so funny. The crazy thing about all this is, like, the N-word controversy that comes up every every year basically it's like it doesn't matter if you want to if you say the n-word or not like if you mean the n-word you mean the n-word like i'm literally reading this story about this guy in central park it's all over the news now who who a woman called the cops on him for basically just asking her to leash her dog but here's what the story says this says uh, the encounter appears to have begun as one of those banal and uh, brusque dust-ups between two New Yorkers, a black man, an avid birder, and a white woman. He asked a white woman to leash her dog. As the man Christian Cooper filmed on his phone, the woman clutching her thrashing dog calls the police, her voice rising in hysteria. This is her quote. I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life, she says to him while dialing, then repeats to the operator twice, African-American. She didn't mean African-American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can use the PC term and still be garbage. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell you there's an African American. You, you know that's how she's fucking said. You're you're absolutely right. And at the same time, you can say the N word and mean African American. Yeah. Uh, Wimmer to demonstrate. <laughs> Gladly. <laughs> that story is so crazy for a number of reasons. Like one of them is like that guy uh, Christian Cooper uh, released like in like a Facebook post. Evidently he. He released like a transcript of what went down before uh, the videos was shot. So he basically said he asked her to take her the dog off the leash. To which she said, uh, "You know, basically, no, that's not happening." He goes, "Well, if you're going to do what you want to do, then I'm going to do what I'm not going to do, and you're not going to like what I'm going to do." And then she said, "What?" And then he says, "Come here, dog. You trying to get the dog to go towards her?" And I guess he had treats on him, <laughs> and, and that's when she like flipped out. So. It's like, I understand in a way of her being like, oh, this crazy guy's trying to steal my dog. But the second you call the cops and then just use it against, like, literally do, like, great big, oh, wow, plugging a sketch. Uh, the second that she <laughs> called the cops and then to say, there's a, I'm going to tell them there's an African, you're basically, what she's saying is like, I know that cops shoot blacks all the time. So I'm going <laughs> to. I'm going to tell them that you're here and they're going to come and shoot you. That's exactly what she was saying. Like that's, that's basically what she was saying. But the funniest part of this whole thing, in my opinion, is that like everybody's shitting on this woman and they should, she's terrible. But how come everybody just accepts that the cops just show up and kill black people? And like, that's not, yeah, that's not the issue. (laughs) She's like, I'm going to call the cops. And everybody's like, I know what that means. But no one's like, I think people are still mad about that. I think people, that's part of it. But I don't think so. Everybody's mad at her and calling her Karen and everyone's mad at her, her and they're mad at that. But the 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 whole context of her even saying that is a threat is only is a threat in a world where cops just frivolously kill black people all the time. Oh yeah, no, I, but I think that's part of the critique is that people know. I don't know. I, I'm just saying. It, I think that's what people are also angry about. That they're like, oh, she's pe- that's so normalized that that is considered just a regular threat. And people are like, that's disgusting. Yeah, it's so interesting, too, that it happened in New York because everyone always likes to think that 
these instances of like racial bias or prejudice, like New York has in bigger cities have this somehow halo about them since there are, you know, there's greater diversity in those cities. But you think that that woman, none of the cosmopolitanness that one can accrue from maybe living in an area with more diversity, clearly none of it rubbed off on her. Yeah. Or she's in an echelon of New York because I read that she was like a vice president of a bank or something. She was a vice president of was. a company. And the only vice today, president yeah. that it doesn't actually have any money or power is the vice president of Odier, oh Christian Durant. <laughs> Senior uh, vice president, excuse me. Senior vice president, sorry. But it is just like, how do, like, you just go like, how does that perspective, I don't know, exist? And it sucks that the only recourse black people tend to have is the internet and their cell phones recording the instance yeah, if I were black, I would have a body cam on at all times. <laughs> I mean, it's like, 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 why, like, I, like, that's seriously, like, the fact that you can weaponize your your position as a white woman and the understanding that cops target black people in a single sentence, as in use it as a threat, is like so crazy to me that that's the, that's how you know it's just rampantly bad. If you say to a black guy, any black guy in America, if you say, I'm going to call the cops and tell them that an African-American person is threatening my life, that that is a legit, like, I got to get the fuck out of here threat because they're going to come and kill me. It just tells you what what America is like. There is, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, no, I don't. Like, if I, if, like, if I, if Brett, if you were fucking me and I was like, Brett, I'm going to call the cops on you and tell them that you, Brett Rabel, the tall white guy, was fucking me. You would have no fear that the cops are going to show up and murder you. But here's you the thing. I mean? That's a real fear if you're black. That's a real here, fear. So I think how, no, I know. And here's how I think black people can turn it on us, whiteies, is I can, I think they can say, all right, fuck you. I'm going to start recording. Like, they can trump up charges and go, I'm just going to start recording and tell the internet you're being racist. Yeah. <laughs> If you just have a disagreement with a black guy on the street, let's say you're trying to park in an area, he can go, let me park here. I'm going to start recording and just yell this guy's being racist. That might be the only. uh, Well, you know, I'm looking at this thing. uh, This article says within 24 hours, the woman identified as Amy Cooper. No relation to Mr. Cooper, because that's his. They both have the same last name. And it's like if she hadn't mentioned race, this would have been the beginning of a rom-com. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I need you to leash your dog. Why are you watching those birds? You want to get coffee? Like that would have been. We have the same last name. What? <laughs> it uh, it's almost like it reminds us that hey, we're actually not so different, you know. know. <laughs> but the crazy <laughs> it thing it does is... make reading the article very confusing when you yeah, keep I reading know. Cooper over and over again. You're That's like, wait, true. what? And then it's like Bradley Cooper commented yeah. on it. <laughs> it's also like you know what? This took place at 8 a.m. I know, like lady. Do you really think this guy's gonna hurt you at 8 a.m.? Like nobody <laughs> in the park at 8 a.m. Is there to do anything bad? What are the bad hours? Would you say when do you start I, getting naughty I, when you're in the I'd park? I'd say between like midnight and and four thirty a.m. I like Nothing. to do it from four p.m. to think, seven p.m. and get home to supper, but that's just me. I, sw- right. I swear to God, all crime in the city ends at four a.m. Like you're not gonna get yeah. mugged. At, nobody's out at four a.m. It's you're not yeah. gonna get yeah. mugged. You're not gonna. I don't think so. You know what? What was funny about the story is, dude, the 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 black guy that it happened to 
quite literally was the picture postcard I of know. like a noble model <laughs> citizen because it's like he was a Harvard educated biomedical yeah. engineer who also had published he was bird watching comic book copy yeah, he was a bird watcher he's not this just guy a, is bird he's cool christian he's what? not he's not just a bird watcher he is on the board of the new york city audubon society he's on the board <laughs> like this motherfucker is <laughs> This motherfucker loves birds. <laughs> like you He's read like about clearly it. the most tame, just like Renaissance guy. Yeah, that shows you how threatened people are just by black skin. Because I know, really. That guy, there's nothing threatening about that guy or his energy. You even hear him on, you hear his audio on the tape. There's nothing about his audio that's that's threatening. There's. It's Actually, not like he's doing like a, it's not like he has a scary voice or like, he just, he's like literally the most normal looking dude ever. So that just shows you how white some white people just fear this the color of skin that has to be it right the best paragraph is within 24 hours the woman identified as amy cooper had given up her dog she gave up her dog publicly apologized and been fired from her job that's fucking nuts. that's like a blue song it's so crazy that this story knocked coronavirus out of the news cycle <laughs> Dude, by the that's way how that's insane. how you know things are coming she's, back <laughs> she's <laughs> having the worst day ever jimmy fallon's getting about... canceled did you hear about uh, the that the whole thing with her dog? So she had started an Instagram account for her dog, and uh, she had like six thousand followers, and oh, she no. was posting all the time from her dog's perspective. And she would literally post like so. Apparently, the dog was they were walking on the dog, and then another dog attacked her dog, and she got in the way and got stitches. So she posted like an Instagram post being like. My mommy got stitches defending me because a dog attacked me. And then another separate time, her dog uh, choked on something that he ate in the street. So she had to administer CPR in the street. And then, again, it was, like, written in the the, the context from the dog saying, like, oh, uh, mommy saved my life by doing CPR. And I'm like, this lady's, like, she has, like, Munchausen syndrome with her dog. She's, like, either making up shit about her dog being in danger or she's purposely making her dog in danger so she can save its life and post about it. Like I, I've had a dog, for, I've had a dog for like three years. Like shit happens, but like not all of that to one person on the Upper West Side of Manhattan <laughs> who lives next to Central Park. Like she's like she, she I think she's a psycho. I think she, like if you like look into her and delve into her more, you're gonna find out she her dog had Munchausen syndrome. Do you think? Did she do a post about this incident? My mommy saved me from a black bird monster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but not after strangling me for 45 seconds. This, yeah. is, this is the best. Uh, she calls 911. She goes, I'm in the ramble. There's a man, African-American. He has a bicycle helmet, and he is recording me and threatening me and my dog. She says to the 911 operator as she grips her pet's collar tightly, she adds, I am being threatened by a man in the bramble. Please send the cops immediately. She hangs up. Thank you, Mr. Cooper says justice before the video ends. He just goes, I know I got you, bitch. Well, the yeah. funny thing is that he said thank Wait, that's you. That's what he, uh... he said thank you because she finally leashed the dog. As soon oh. as she leashed the dog, he said thanks and turned off the video. Like, that's all he wanted. Yeah. Although, <laughs> with our, like, with our just the climate of our country – you never like the whole time I was reading the story. I was like, "How is this going to end?" Because I could have seen the last paragraph being like, "Mr. Cooper has been ar since been arrested and is now behind bars, facing ten years on <laughs> I know harassment or something." <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, she got fired. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, it's a weird thing because that woman clearly in the wrong. Clearly, she has some issues, and probably they are really, you know, some racial related issues. But like, I also believe in shame. I don't believe in shaming people, and I don't believe in doxing people. And you know, I don't know. It's a. It isn't. If it's a form, it undoubtedly is a form of injustice. What she did to this guy. She did call the cops on a black guy for telling her to leash her dog, which he is technically in the right. And while it is annoying having strangers. In our own worldviews, we're always all in the right. Even when we do a wrong turn, we just kind of like, and if someone calls us on it, our gut reaction, like our base instinct is to just be like, fuck you. And this woman definitely gave into that and then made it weird and racial and racist. But like, you know, I remember one time yelling at a guy on a street corner in New York to pick up after his dog because he shit and he started walking away and it was like this like 40 some year old Italian guy and a wife beaver and he just immediately goes what the fuck are you, are you fucking talking about what the fuck are you talking about you telling me to pick up after my dog I'm going to the car to get the bag and he literally oh, yeah, that right. level of violence like yeah. blew up at me and some people just have it in them to not able to like in Back small down. ways know they're in the wrong like they give in to being publicly shamed by just going all violence out on you and maybe that woman did that i don't know maybe she shouldn't have been doxxed is my thing because i'm generally against that maybe i don't she get a job like what does she what do you do after this huh well that's the we thing, should get like, a netflix crew to follow her around what do yeah. you do that's the thing about her is like at this point in her life like i understand what she did was terrible and wrong and they're in, in a perfect world, there'd be some sort of, like, uh, repercussions to her actions. But the fact is that a bunch an uh, internet mob getting angry and forcing the, her employer to fire her doesn't really solve anything other than yeah. just give people, like, blood to, 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 to soak up. Like, it's basically just an internet lynch mob was just thrown a dead body. Like, it's like we had a public hanging just to appease the mob. Yeah. So it's like... Although what she did was really fucked up and I really would like some sort of consequences to happen to her, is she now not allowed to ever have an income again? And if so, like, what job is she allowed to have now? If it's not a VP, is she allowed to be an administrative assistant? Or does she you have to work at Walmart? Like, what's the rules the here? No, and her punishment is just a regular person's job. <laughs> no, she she has since been hired by the NYPD. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then paced on administrative leave. As soon as you do something publicly racist to a black guy, you get a job as a cop, and then uh, they put you on leave. Yeah, so I think it's to like... rehab your image, you go and you get involved in those. In uh, you have to you have to like go on a huge community service tour. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what's Ra- yeah. Like, what's like, what do people do after they've been canceled? Like, what does Rachel Dolezal do? Is she still a teacher? Do they like let no, her she's teach? Still, she's probably even bigger, dude. She does like cameos and stuff. I know. She's my biggest fan. She did a cameo for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's right. So Amy Cooper can just be on cameo now. That's yeah. her only. Like, <laughs> she's no one's gonna... It's just and her how being dark, like, hey, John, dark... leash your dog, Cindy. How, Happy how birthday. dark would that be? If you 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 literally had Amy Cooper wish 
like Andre a happy birthday. It's so <laughs> dark and mean. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. It's also, like, 50 bucks towards it. Yeah. The funny but, thing is, know, the only job she can get now is being an essential worker. Like, that's like the only thing you can get hired yeah, yeah. for, just like working at Burger King or something. Man, she becomes a Grubhub delivery person, and then oh. Christian Cooper orders something, and then she has to bring it to his <laughs> house, and she's like, wait, what? <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, so, I don't know. It's like, at one point, it's like she's definitely a shitty person, but, I, I, again, I don't know if justice was served. It just seems like it just seems like the lynch mob was, uh, was out and about. It's tough but to it also- get justice for these things and what even is justice like yeah i don't know someone is racist in a moment and that's wrong but like it's almost to me there's a compounding of the wrongness you know like just because someone was racist doesn't mean they should face all consequences well it's also like if you asked amy cooper the day before this happened, if she was racist, she would say no. Of course. So yeah. like, so it's like she's it's like somebody who didn't think they're racist is now being called racist. So now instead of her learning her lesson, she's just defending herself about being called a racist because she still doesn't think she's a racist. Yeah. So it's like it just goes back to does anybody ever learn anything from any of these canceling things? Because you just turn that person into a person who was canceled rather than. Like, it's not like the sitcom moment where, like, Danny Tanner sits you down after the episode and says, <laughs> did you learn anything today? It's because there's a, no one gives a fuck about them learning anything. They just want to cancel them and, and get them fired because it, it satisfies everybody. And what you say? Ideally, if there was some sort of court, like, of people, like, if the, like if Twitter could sentence people fairly, like, it would be great if Amy Cooper had to have, like, 200 hours of community service spent helping, you know, black neighborhoods or whatever black causes so i could be a racist as long as i do a little community service (laughs) how many hours are we talking about here wit i'll make the choice if you if you take someone like like her who doesn't think of herself as a racist and then did this racist thing if you made her be a fucking volunteer and like she might be like oh yeah this opened up my eyes i didn't realize this that and the other or not or is she just always going to be a shitty person who cares i don't know Jordan's like, I mean, how many black she'll... kids do I got to tutor before I can say the N word? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's. I got him in college. Can I at least? <laughs> can I say it with an A at the end? <laughs> oh, man. Wow. The, uh, I had one other thought, but I forget it. Christian, you had a thought, right? Oh, no. I was just about to wrap it up, actually. Mm. Oh, so okay. Final consensus she should be uh, freed and we would all hire her to work oh. with us. All right, perfect. One final thing, though. Let's be real, though. Them, like, it is annoying to be called out. Um, and the man in New York, it's probably a little bit more okay because we're all on top of each other. But the man, you can see how someone would be a little annoyed by someone saying, leash your dog. Oh, if I mean, just any, led to any, an altercation, if any stranger... If any stranger tries to correct my behavior, I'm instantly livid. <laughs> of course. Because I'm not if, walking if around doing your anything. Right, if your friend. Dude, I'm not I'm I'm not walking around doing anything. Like I have a good sense of judgment. So if I have my dog off my leash, it's because 
one, I know he's fine, and two, I know it's safe at the moment. Like, I've used my judgment. I'm not some fucking asshole. Now, granted, if someone assumes I was an asshole not knowing that anything about me, I don't blame them because you kind yep. of have to assume that everybody's an asshole. But so, if someone openly tried to correct my behavior in public, I would I would be like, hey, fuck you. Mind your own business. So I would never call the fucking cops. I'll tell you that. So no, no, no. Well, what I'm saying is honestly, straight up, if it was flip the roles, if there was the black guy in the yard with his dog and the white woman said, leash your dog, we would be calling her like a Karen. The black guy did a Karen-like thing to start the video. Like there, that is Karen-like behavior. And uh, I mean, granted, she escalated it and immense, instantly made <laughs> herself in the wrong when you escalate it and then also make it racial. But she there's out, a little bit. That's a little bit Karen-y to tell she, someone to leash your dog. Yeah, she out Karen. But him. the dog she goes, "Oh, you're gonna Karen me? You're gonna Karen me? Well, watch this. I'm gonna call the cops. I'm gonna Karen you, motherfucker." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. By the way, Dan Cook invented the Karen thing, and I just want him to get credit for it. Did he? Yeah, it's a famous Dan Cook joke about like women, like women suck, that's and they're always named like Karen. <laughs> it's a he what? started that oh. shit, and then a bunch of people are giving credit to other people. It was Dane Cook who started the Karen Suck. Okay, but Karen Suck, is that what this came from? Or I thought this came from, like, specifically white women. No, he's saying it's always, it's like in a, I can't remember the exact line, but he was wanting to be like, like an, he was describing an awful white woman, and like, her name's always, like, Karen. And it's just like a one-off joke, and so now, like, blowing up. I don't think people are giving him. They always act like they're stealing. Everyone's stealing from Dane Cook. That's who they're stealing from. So just yeah. know, everyone hates on Dane Cook, but look how correct he was 25 years ago or whatever. Justice it was. for Dane. That guy just never got the credit he deserves. I agree with you. I think, <laughs> uh, you know, no, I think if it was a cooler person, like trendier person, we would be more apt to give credit. Yeah, yeah. If it was like Norm McDonald. Yep. Or, I don't know. All right, Christian, you want to wrap this sucker up? Uh, sure. Put uh, a bow on it. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure to like, share, subscribe, rate, and review. want to thank Jordan for being our special guest today. Thank you, Jordan. Let people know where they can find you. Uh, go to the Rabled Brothers on YouTube and check out our uh, – I got a special coming out on there Woo. called Freedom Boner, putting out one week – or one clip a week. And I'm getting about 17 views right now, so it's really, really hard on the ego. <laughs> Brett, where are you? Plug uh, Jordan Special. Go check him out. I don't got anything to plug. Wit? Wait, I just read that this Karen got banned from Central Park. How, how do you even <laughs> do that? There's so you can, guys. Like, like, that's crazy. Who, who's going to, like, enforce that? And whose authority? Under whose authority can you ban someone from Central Park? Anyway. She's bad, so there's that. So that's another thing that went against her. Well, whatever. Um, uh, you can hungry wit guys on just YouTube. It it's it's there. It's good. It's awesome. Instagram Nick underscore Whitmer. I post stuff every day. It's great. It's awesome. Not enough to tell you guys. That. Honestly, I don't know what you guys have to t tell you anymore. You should all subscribe and like our shit because we put it out for you when it's good. So just do it. Uh, yes, yes, y'all. Uh, find me, Christian Duran Duran, on Instagram. See Duran Duran on Twitter. ChristianDuranComedy.com for all your Christian Duran comedy needs. 
Freedom Boner out right now. Check it out. Guys, thanks so much. Like, share, subscribe, rate, review. We'll see you next week. Later. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.